if I were to offer you a choice between an exquisitely wrapped package tied up with a beautifully crafted bow like my wife makes, not like I make, and a similar sized package wrapped in brown paper and scotch tape, which would you choose? The chances are you'd choose the beautifully wrapped package. But would it be because of the beautiful wrappings or the assumption that what was inside the package was of more value than what might be in the other? However, we all do know that what's on the outside doesn't guarantee what's on the inside. Even Jesus made that clear when confronting the hypocrisy of the religious leaders of his day. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which on the outside appear beautiful, but inside they are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Still, we do tend to judge a book by its cover, even though we know doing so may very well lead to disappointment. On the other hand, something that looks bad on the outside may have within it something of extreme value. And Jesus' warning about judging a man's character by his outward appearance can work both ways. The Apostle Paul makes that clear in our text for today when he speaks of a treasure in earthen vessels or as we've come to know them from a musical group that took its name from the NIV translation of the passage before us, jars of clay. Now, when Paul uses the term earthen vessels or jars of clay, he's talking about us. And the treasure he's talking about comes from the light that has shone into our hearts, the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Last week in class, Rick Polly wondered why Paul used so many confusing prepositional phrases. All we conclude was that Paul was highly educated. And that's the way he chose to express what he was trying to get across. However, he then clarified what he was trying to say for the sake of people who don't like prepositional phrases. He goes on to say that we are jars of clay that contain the power of God. That we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That the surpassing greatness of the power may be of God and not from ourselves. Again, the treasure Paul is referring to is the glory of Christ he spoke about in the preceding verse. The glorious presence of Christ in our lives. And the earthen vessels he's talking about are our bodies. Now, we may not have thought of ourselves as earthen vessels, but that we are. Genesis tells us God formed man of the dust of the earth, and the preacher of Ecclesiastes declared that one day we will all return to dust. 
So our bodies really are nothing more than earthen vessels. Physically, we are nothing more than jars of clay. Now, it is true that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, as the psalmist tells us, but we're still just made of clay. And as such, we are very fragile. We like to think of ourselves as strong, invincible, and in control of ourselves and everything around us, but we know that's only an egotistical delusion. The current COVID pandemic has confirmed what Pascal said of man. A drop of water or a breath of air can kill him. We are in reality very fragile and very ordinary, plain earthen vessels, Paul calls us. But we are vessels. And what are vessels made for? They're made to contain something. And God designed these earthen vessels that we inhabit for a number of years to contain something. Obviously, they contain us, people, personalities. But that's not all they were designed to contain. They were also designed to contain the image of God. When God created man. He made him in his image. He made him a spiritual being, but housed him in a physical body and gave him a physical world to inhabit. Why God didn't just give us a spiritual existence to begin with is, I think, because he knew we would rebel against him. And he wanted to be able to judge us in a temporary state so he could redeem us eternally. When man sinned, the image of God was distorted. The glory was lost, and man was cut off from God, from the source of divine power. But God didn't want to give up on us. He still wanted a relationship with us. He still wanted man to reflect his image and to share in his glory and power wanted man to be able to see that the glory and power really wasn't his own. So he let our bodies begin to deteriorate. He made us weak, subject to pain and disease and even death. And he cut us off from himself so we could discover just how weak and fragile we really are. He did all this in the hope that we would look to him for strength beyond ourselves. Strength that he now makes available to us through his son. So now, if we acknowledge our weakness, repent of our sin, and let him cleanse us through the blood of Christ, his spirit inhabits us. And we once again become earthen vessels that contain the power of God. At first glance, however, no one may notice that we have become something very special. All they may see is a jar of clay. But God has made it possible for us 
to display the power of God. Let's read on. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Paul begins here by listing some of the major problems all clay pots experience, even Christian ones. We all find ourselves afflicted in every way. All kinds of problems come up in life, problems that put us under pressure, and many jars of clay break under that pressure. We all find ourselves perplexed, bewildered by life. What happens to us all too often makes no sense. And everyone at one time or another feels that others are picking on them, maybe even persecuting them. And haven't we all been struck down? Had the props knocked out from underneath us just when we thought we were really getting somewhere? That's the general experience of all mankind. But Paul says those who have Christ within can be afflicted without being crushed. They can be perplexed without going into despair. While being persecuted, they can know they have not been forsaken. And even when struck down, find they are not destroyed. But we have to go through these things to discover that Christ is powerful enough to overcome them. As Paul put it, we carry about in the body the dying of Jesus, and we do so that the life of Jesus may be manifested, may be seen in our body. We go through the same things our Lord went through on earth in order to demonstrate the life and power of Jesus in our body. You know, if we didn't have overwhelming problems, we wouldn't need power beyond ourselves to overcome those problems. We could assume we were sufficient within ourselves, that we are gods over our circumstances and never look to the God who created us. So Paul said we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake, that his life might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Again, we are all made of flesh. And we face all the problems inherent to flesh. And we do so, we do so as believers who can demonstrate to the world the power of God within us. We don't do so by miracles or charmed life but by victory over the same things that put others under. When non-believers look at us, they, 
should see earthen vessels, but they should be able to see that there is something that's more than earthen on the inside. They should be able to see a power to overcome that's more than human. And we have every assurance that his power is adequate for anything that comes into our experience. So we not only display it, we also proclaim the power of God. So death works in us, but life in you. But having the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believed, therefore I spoke. We also believe, therefore we also speak. Knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and will present us with you. Paul says going through problems is well worth it. If by doing so we lead others to faith in the same power that delivers us. That I think is what he means when he says, so death works in us but life in you. Others discover the life of Jesus by seeing his life arise out of the death in our life. When they see us afflicted, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, and struck down, but not destroyed, they want to know the source of power. And since we do know, not only from experience, but also from Scripture, that even death can't conquer the one who lives within us, we gladly share with them what we know. We tell them of Jesus Christ and how he conquered death and is still conquering death within us. And we tell them of his availability to anyone who recognizes a need for divine power in his life. We tell them how Jesus will raise all of those who trust in his power on the last day. We tell them that they too can have God's power and glory in the earthen vessels of their life. And that brings even more glory to God. For all things are for your sakes, that the grace which is spreading to more and more people may cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. The troubles that come our way are not only for our sake, but also for the sake of others. In fact, once we've learned to trust in Christ and to lean on his power to bring victory, what happens to us is actually more for the sake of others than for ourselves. They see a treasure in our life they want. And the grace of God then spreads to more and more people. That results in more and more people giving thanks to God for his availability and power as they too discover that they have and can have a treasure of immeasurable worth. They can have the power and glory of God himself in the earthen vessels.
of their life. Years ago, a very powerful letter was published in Billy Graham's Decision Magazine that beautifully illustrates the glory that comes to God when earthen vessels, even broken vessels, discover the power of Christ within. For a long time, I had been bitter about life. It seemed to have dealt me a dirty blow, for since I was 12 years old, I had been waiting for death to close in on me. It was at that time I learned I had muscular dystrophy. I fought hard against this disease and exercised hard, but to no avail. I only grew weaker. All I could see was what I had missed. My friends went away to college, then got married and started having families of their own. When I lay in bed at night thinking, despair would creep from the dark corners to haunt me. Life was meaningless. In March of last year, my mother brought home from our public library Billy Graham's book, World of Flame. I started reading it, and as I read, I realized that I wanted God. I wanted there to be meaning in my life. I wanted to receive this deep faith and peace. All I know is that now my life has changed, and now I have joy in living. No longer does life have no goal. No longer is there no hope. There is instead God who so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. I continue to grow weaker. I am close to being totally helpless and am in pain most of the time. Sometimes I am so glad I am alive that it is hard to keep myself from bursting at the seams. I can see for the first time the beauty all around me, and I realize how very lucky I am. Despair is such a waste of time when there is joy. And lack of faith is such a waste of time when there is God. Now that brings glory to God. Amen? And that's the treasure that's available to everyone who will receive it. If you will admit that you are nothing but a weak earthen vessel, made to be filled with the glory and power of God, the treasure of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ can shine into your heart. If you will acknowledge that without him you can do nothing, he will come in and enable you to do everything he wants you to do and to do through you. And you will become a jar of clay that contains and displays 
the image of God. Let's pray. Father, indeed, life is sometimes hard. And our weaknesses become evident. But your strength is available. If we'll but acknowledge our limitations, if we'll but acknowledge our weaknesses and come before you in faith, trusting you to cleanse us, to make our hearts open to your spirit and your power, we can find victory in the midst of pandemics and stress and problems and even death itself. We are indeed jars of clay, but by your grace, we've been filled with the presence of Christ and the power of your spirit. Help us never forget that without you, we can do nothing of eternal significance. We can do nothing that really makes a difference. But with you, we can do everything you want to do through us. We give you the glory and the praise and we share that confidence with others in Christ's name.